We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to be with you today. I'm Walker Wildman. I'm your host for the show. Once again, this is the American Family Radio Network. Around since 1991, that was when American Family Radio was established. And then the parent ministry of AFR, American Family Association, which my grandfather founded, uh, was established in 1977. So over 40 years of ministry here at American Family Association. And if you want to find out more about our work, you can go to our main website, afa.net, find out all things of, about American Family Association. And then if you want to find out more about American Family Radio, which is what you're listening to now, then you can go to afr.net and get the AFA at the Core podcast there on the website. We also have a mobile app. It's free to download. I tell people, no gimmicks, no tricks. <laughs> We're not a car dealership. Uh, we're not running shenanigans behind the scenes. If you want the American Family Radio app, it's free for uh, download on your app store. And all of the content on uh, AFR's platforms, whether it be podcast or other uh, audio items, you can get all of that for free uh, on American Family Radio's different uh, platforms, AFR.net, the AFR app. And then we're live streaming the video today on Facebook and YouTube. Just go to AFA at the Core show page on either of those platforms, and you can live stream the video if you want to do so. And then eventually we're going to launch our own live streaming service. We already have our own streaming service, streaming.afa.net, and we're working on the live portion of that so that we can stream our own video live during the show on that platform. So that'll be coming out in the next few months. Jumping into our scripture for the week, we're going to have on uh, my brother. He's on each Tuesday and Thursday. He's going to be with us next segment, and we'll talk about some trending stories out there in the news and talk about uh, how to have a biblical perspective, how to have a biblical worldview on the issues of the day. Psalm chapter 10 is where we are. And uh, Psalm chapter 10 is pretty lengthy, but the writer here, as I mentioned yesterday, is is recognizing, is admitting that God seems distant from him, that God seems distant from the writer. He leads off verse 1 and 2, um, well, mainly verse 1 here. Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? And the writer goes on to talk about how wicked wickedness is prevailing. Wickedness is seems to be winning from the writer's perspective here. And this is the situation that often, as believers, we find ourselves in. And if you've never been in a place where you feel spiritually defeated, well, then you're just not human. <laughs> you're just not human. Um, or maybe you don't have the Holy Spirit in you. That's a possibility as well. Um, 
But, and I'm stepping on toes here, but that's okay. You read much of the New Testament writings. Many of the apostles stepped on a lot of toes. <laughs> and uh, conviction is a good thing. Conviction is a good thing. Um, so, uh, but we need to be like the psalmist here. And when, when, when God feels distant, we need to petition God to be drawn back in. We need to petition God for ourselves to be drawn closer to him. Um, and so um, sometimes our situations, sometimes our, our, our feeling of distance from God is, is not necessarily our own doing. There are all kinds of situations and predicaments that we can be put in as humans uh, that can make us feel distant from God. Uh, but we, we, as believers, we need to be on the lookout for that. We need to be aware of when God seems distant from us, and we need to petition him to draw us back in, uh, to, to continue to gift us with the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so we need to be spiritually aware. We need to be spiritually aware of our situation and, um, and not be afraid to petition God. Do not be afraid to petition God. He wants us to petition him uh, for our needs, and, and our needs here on this earth need to be centered around glorifying him. That's why I mentioned uh, at times when we pray that when we pray for physical and spiritual well-being, when we pray for physical and spiritual protection or flourishing, our, our motive, our intent behind that needs to be so that we could honor God. We don't need to be so focused. I know in today's society it's so easy to be focused on self and what your self needs are, but we have to be reminded, we have to remind ourselves that our entire existence should be and is to honor God with our lives. And if that is what our existence is for here on this earth and in eternity, then our prayers should be centered around drawing us closer to that purpose and that intent. And so prayers uh, for petitioning God for our own needs, for our own desires, is okay so long as those needs and desires are aligned with his will and aligned with his purposes and ultimately aligned with glorifying him with our lives. Moving on to some of the stories from today, you know, the, the more I read into what's going on in, in Europe, in Eastern Europe, in Russia, and in Ukraine, uh, the more just blown away I am at how, number one, how avoidable this whole situation it could have been. I'm talking about the, the conflict now with Russia and Ukraine. And the reason I talk about this on the show is to, number one, bring attention to the, the dirty deeds and the, the misleading information that we get from our elected officials, from the bureaucrats, from the politicians, to shine light on the lies and the deception that go on in the, in the media as it relates to this topic, but to also draw attention, as I've mentioned, to our own domestic needs, to our own domestic needs. And you can find uh, scriptural references for this in Proverbs and other places where it talks about taking care of your own household, where, where it talks about taking care of of your own household. And so that's why I mentioned this because America is in a pretty bad spot and it has nothing to do with Russia and Ukraine. It has to do with our own domestic policies. It has to do with our own domestic policies. And I read the, 
statement from uh, Stephen Miller yesterday talking about how the West is in steep decline. And here we are wanting to go to war thousands of miles away on, on, on a situation that really, when you boil down, when you boil it down, it, you really can't make a strong case that war with Russia is in America's best interest. You can talk, uh, you know, protecting our allies. You can go down that whole trail, you know, not having the Soviet Union 2.0. You can do all that, but when it comes down to affecting the homeland, um, there, there's just not a strong case there. There's not a strong case there, and that's why the Biden administration is having a really hard time uh, convincing the American public that war with Russia is a good thing, that war with Russia should should be pursued. Um, on this topic, the more I read, as I mentioned, the more blown away I am at how avoidable this entire situation is. Basically, where we are, our leaders have set us up for failure. Our leaders have set us up for failure, and I'm not just talking about Joe Biden. Past leaders, including Obama, Bush, and others, have set America up for failure when it comes to conflict with nations such as Russia. The same thing with Europe. NATO these NATO alliance countries have set themselves up, including America, for failure, for defeat when it comes to conflict with nations like Russia and China. What do I mean by this? Here, I'll just go through a few points. I didn't know this until today. Russia is the number two importer of oil to the United States behind Canada. Hmm, interesting. I thought maybe Saudi Arabia, um, maybe another country, but no, Russia. Russia is the number two importer of oil to America, to the United States of America, behind Canada. They even bumped Mexico to number three this year, this past year. And uh, reading from this Bloomberg story, this is back from August of 2021, so several months ago, Russia is supplying more oil to the U.S. than any other foreign producer aside from Canada. As American refiners scour the globe for gasoline-rich feedstocks to feed surging motor fuel of demand. U.S. imports of crude and refined petroleum products from its former Cold War adversary surged 23% in May to 844,000 barrels a day from the prior month. Government data showed Mexico was edged out of the number two spot as its shipments to northern neighbor, talking about the U.S., uh, rose by less than 3%. So it rose less than, than Russia's imports did. The reason I bring this up is because that means the Biden administration has, has increased Russian oil imports to America since they took office. So instead of coming into office and taking on big bad Russia, like Biden talked about during the campaign, and we'll bring that clip in tomorrow, he, he, he sets in place policies that make us more reliant on Russia. Interesting. I thought it was big bad Trump <laughs> that was cozied up with Putin. No, it's the Biden administration. And this goes back to the Clinton Secretary of State, Obama days, 
where the 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 great the the reset button, the little plastic red button that was an absolute embarrassment, and and all the the deals that were brokered with Russia and in Ukraine and all the corruption there, that was all under Obama's watch. So America and and you talk about setting when I said setting yourself up for failure. Okay, so so let's go to war with Russia. And, and Russia says, well, you know what? You know, we'll just stop sending oil your way. Oh, wow. We'll just stop sending oil your way. Uh, gas prices will go up to seven, eight, nine bucks a gallon. That's not exaggerating. If the number two importer of oil stops sending oil to America. You know, people are talking about $4 a gallon and, and people are rolling their eyes going, that'll never happen. Oh, Really? Give it about two months from now. Give it about two months from now. If that, if this continues in in Russia and Ukraine, so so our own government, our own leaders that are that are that are beating their chest, talking about how bad Putin is and how you know uh, we're about to blacklist Russia from the world stage. They're going to regret going on going into Ukraine. They've been setting in place policies that make us more reliant on Russia. I don't know how you explain this, other than the fact that there's more to this than we see. There's more to this than we see. The other story has to do with the EU. And th- this is why I don't trust, number one, I don't trust our leaders. And I surely don't trust their motives and their intentions that they talk about on national television. Because you can't say that you truly want to battle Russia and you want to fend off Russian aggression but but they're the number two importer of oil. So Biden cuts off American energy independence. He cuts off domestic production with every single move he can make, only to rely on Putin's oil more than we ever have. Then you have this story out of the EU. Listen to this. 36% of the Russian uh, government federal government income came from oil and gas in 2021. What is that? That's Russia exporting oil and natural gas to other countries, such as countries in Europe. 75% of Russia's gross gas exports went to Europe in 2021. And people say, well, that, that, gives, uh, that gives Europe leverage against Russia. Uh, that gives the, uh, uh, the, the NATO countries uh, leverage against Russia. No, it doesn't. It gives Putin leverage against the NATO countries most of them in Europe. We'll continue this discussion after the break. AFA at the core. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. One morning, Elisha's young servant went out first thing and saw the Syrian army surrounding Elisha's hometown. The servant was racked with fear and cried out to Elisha, What will we do? Elisha said, Don't be afraid. There are more with us than are with them. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, open this young man's eyes. The servant then saw the mountain full of horses and chariots of fire. As opposition mounts in our lives, fear not. The Lord who is in us and with us is greater than the hostility present in the world. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Recently, the U.S. Surgeon General reported a 51% increase of ER visits for adolescent girls who attempted to take their own lives. It's tempting to hear of mental illness and self-harm and think, well, not my girl, but the truth is everyone is at risk for these dangerous realities. Mental health is shaped by biological and environmental factors, some things you can't control, but you can provide a safe, loving, and spirit-led environment for your girl. Prioritizing your family's mental wellness is just as crucial as offering balanced meals or encouraging physical activity. Resources like Christian counseling, pastoral care, and clinical intervention may be just the healthy habits your daughter needs to regain or maintain her mental wellness. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate... For MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. To wrap up the topic from last segment, you know, I don't, I can't read minds. I don't know what on earth is going on here. What the, what the globalists are colluding to or conspiring to accomplish with the whole Russian Ukraine controversy. And, um, but it's, 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 it just, it doesn't add up on paper. It doesn't add up on paper. And I'm sure over time, the truth will prevail. It always does. The truth comes out. And we find out what's really going on here. But I think it's it's safe to say that our our leaders are not, and I'm talking about the president and the executive branch, they are not genuinely, genuinely opposed to Putin, genuinely opposed to Russia. Um, because if they were and they were really serious about America being able to fend off Russian aggression, Chinese aggression, and others then we would stop putting ourselves in positions where we are becoming increasingly reliant on our very enemies. Because if you really don't like your enemies, then you will stop sleeping with them. You will stop being in bed with them. You will stop being cozy with them if you really don't like your enemies. But we're doing the opposite. We're treating them as if they're our allies, and then we beat our chest and we give these mean talks on television as if somehow we're mad 
and we're upset and we're opposed, but in reality, we're doing everything we can to set ourselves up for failure. Moving on to the next topic, Wesley Wildman's in studio. Hey, I'm, I'm glad to be here, and I feel right out of the chute that you're trying to hinder my performance today by cranking the air down to like 50 degrees in here, <laughs> knowing that I don't like cold temperatures, and I am shaking. So I apologize if I cannot get my sentences out. It's well, all on Walker. We, we, tr- we try to do things to throw you off your game. Okay, well, and it's I, working. And, and since you foiled our plan, you yeah. know, we're just going to be honest about it. Oh, it's working. It's freezing in here. Why do you think I got coffee? This is crazy. You know what? On top of that, I know how why Ed gets frustrated during today's issues and other portions when he's on the radio because he, I'm sitting in his chair or the chair that he uses, and I'm constantly rolling backwards because yeah. many of y'all know that we're uh, in the process or finishing up the, the, the loose ends of having a new building because our current one is sliding off into a ditch behind us. <laughs> literally. And Quite li- literally. Very literally. And so my chair is sliding. So I'm annoyed from the slide. I'm cold. And now I just need to get to why I'm on the radio. Okay? <laughs> Can we well, get you a blanket and a binky? Or? <laughs> <laughs> hey, while you're at it, hot chocolate with some some uh, uh, marshmallows. Mini marshmallows. Mini, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll be glad to serve you, Wesley, okay. whatever you need. Thank hey, you. Hey, uh, on a serious note, you mentioned the Don Wildman Center for Cultural Transformation. That's our brand new headquarters that we're going to be moving into in the next few weeks, hopefully. That's right. Um, yep. So maybe when folks are in town again, uh, they can they can stop by and check it out. Yes, absolutely. I hope they can, and I'd love to give them a tour, but they need to register. If you're going to come by and visit, you need to go online, go to afa.net, let us know that you're coming. There's a place on there to register, and that helps us schedule around so that I, myself, and others will be able to meet you. Otherwise, I may be in a meeting, and I may not be able to meet you. So it helps us. So thank you for Absolutely. doing that. Go in there and visit, uh, register. Speaking about registration, Walker, we have a huge, 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 huge annual conference, an annual event, the Mayor's Family Life Conference that we host each year here at our hometown, close to our headquarters, which, of course, this will be another reason for you to be able to visit our headquarters if you come to the Marriage Family Life Conference, which that is July the 7th through the 9th. That's July 7th through the 9th. And before I give you a little bit uh, more to that and what we're, what you can anticipate, I would like for you to hear from those uh, that are Mickey and Will Addison, who the, the, those two, that couple, is the one who's spearheading the whole thing, and they have been doing this for the last couple of years. We work with them closely, Walker and I, and they've put together a short video and a short audio to help explain a little bit more about the conference. Clip four. Hi, I'm Will Addison, and this is my wife, Miki, and we want to invite you to the Marriage Family Life Conference 2022. We know that Christian families all across this country are doing their best to equip their kids and also fortify their faith. That's why this year we've got a host of incredible speakers that are going to enable you to do just that. I'm talking Israel Wayne, Ginger Hubbard, Dr. Kathy Cook, and of course, Abraham Hamilton III. Now this is a conference for the whole family. We have the Youth Apologetics Track for ages 4 to 17. It's going to be a lot of fun. But don't take my word for it. Listen to these attendees from last year's conference. This is such an amazing conference. The worship is just simply outstanding. The presence of God is in this place. Awesome to come somewhere where Christians are discussing the hard topics from the Word of God. Every speaker's been fabulous. They love so much and are willing to pray for you 
and love on you and hook you up to some support if you need it. So I'm I'm very grateful for that. It is good to be with like-minded believers that is standing in truth. The body of Christ is not as divided as the media and the world would like us to think it is. Yeah. It's been a wonderful, wonderful experience. Can't wait to come back next year. We really want to see you in Tupelo, Mississippi on July 7th, 8th, and 9th. It's going to be a dynamic time. Make sure you register. Go to marriagefamilylife.net. And the reason you want to do that as quickly as possible is because currently, as we are talking now, for a short window of time, for, for a limited amount of people, we were, we were offering a, um, a, what is it, an early bird, That's an right. early bird special. So what's we, the difference between the early bird and the... Well, yeah, to, you save 25%. Oh, wow. You save 25% okay. off the standard ticket yeah. price. So if you go to marriage... If you got a family, that's a big deal. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We love the big families. Mm-hmm. Um, MarriageFamilyLife.net is the URL. Bobby will post this on our podcast page at AFR.net. He'll hyperlink to it there. But when you go to MarriageFamilyLife.net, you click the Register Now button. And you can fill out the information. You click Get Tickets, fill out all the information, and you'll get 25% off your ticket order. So you can do that now while, uh, I wouldn't say while supplies last, but <laughs> it's while tickets last. Yeah, while tickets we're last. Only, we're only um, uh, doing uh, a certain, I think it's the first 400 tickets that's right. total. Um, and, and that's as long as the 25% early bird discount will be available. So you want to be one of those first 400 uh, recipients. So get on there, do that with your family. Hey, look, Walker, before we move on to the topic and the discussion uh, and the story for this segment, I also want to remind her, I want to add two things. One, the Marriage Family Life Conference, the, what makes this unique and what you'll see if you've ever, if you have experienced experiences or you do experience this, you will see the uniqueness and the fact of the family uh, thoughtfulness through the setup. Uh, the entire conference is built around the idea that you're able to come with your family and have the same or even better experience that you would get at another Christian conference. Um, so we we provide uh, youth apologetic tracks from uh, from ages correct me five or six. Is it six? Well, actually, four to twelve. Four. Four. Four, four, to, four, four to seventeen. Four to seventeen. There's yeah. a class or a category for youth apologetics throughout the entire conference. There's also opportunities in between all there for you to worship together as a family, and, and there'll be a chair for everybody for that, obviously. So the, the, the idea and the concept, the thought behind the entire conference, we threaded in through the whole thing, the idea of being able to do this as a family. So it makes it extremely special in that area. Last but not least, I've been talking about this for a couple weeks now, telling you all that we're nailing down the details. Well, the details are nailed down. Myself, Rob Chambers, uh, Abe Hamilton III, I'm missing some. Uh, Matthew White uh, and a few others. Debbie, Matthew White. Debbie Worth now. Debbie Worth now. Uh, Matthew White, uh, it may be a new name for some of y'all. He does write in the the stand, the public uh, the publication of the stand. He also is a staff member here at AFA, and he's a great public speaker, and he's a local pastor. He'll be traveling with us as well. But all of us will be traveling to Michigan. We're going to the state of Michigan and specifically Muskegon, Michigan. And the reason we're going there is because we tried to go there with an AFA event, which we're calling the Living the Gospel During Difficult Towns Town, Town Hall. We tried going there. Uh, Whitmer said no go. You have to have <laughs> back during all the quarantine and the draconian measures that a lot of these liberal states were doing, these blue states were doing. She said, look, if it's 10 or more, can't do it. 
we went back to her and, and, and their rules and said, look, how about if we do it outside? We've got AFR listeners that have locations that we can uh, we can meet outside. They'll provide the speakers and pr- they'll provide the chairs. Can we do it outside? They said, well, sure you can, but you have to have 50 or less people. Mm. We said, look, we're not going to let, we're not coming if we have to tell people you can't come into the event uh, when it's a public event. Yeah. So we've waited patiently. Uh, apparently the laws have uh, subsided to some degree to the point where we're going to come with no limitations. I do think there's, I, th- I think about a 300 person cap. So if we get to that, that's just because of the hotel. It's not because yeah, of that's, COVID. That's just a capacity limit. Capacity because limit. Of the space provided. Right. So we're coming to Muskegon, Michigan on April the 7th. April the 7th, we're coming to Muskegon, Michigan. You can find out more of the details, the speakers I just said, the timeline of the event, and you can register to be a part of the event completely for free. There's no cost. The only cost is our time and our travel that we're covering to come see you and meet you. The, uh, we're going to come meet the, um, is it the Michiganese? Michiganders, Mis- Michiganders. <laughs> L- let's let Bobby. Is, yeah, uh, who's right? He, he, he says he's going with it. either one. He's. <laughs> it would be the show host. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, we're coming to see you here in Michigan, uh, and you can go to afa.net/slash/events. That's afa.net/slash/events. And up from there, there's more events that we're going to be traveling throughout the fall and or throughout the spring and co- going into the fall. So go check that out. I can't wait to see you there in Muskegon. Walker, we've got a story about uh, just a real upstanding mayor, you know, just really looking out for her citizens <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and loves nothing more than to point her finger and blame everyone but herself. Yeah, that's a good point, Wesley. Everyone I, I, but I brought herself. this clip in of the Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot. And the reason to set this up, folks, and the reason I want, wanted Wesley to chime in on this is – Many, many Democrats and often sometimes Republicans, too, blame blame everyone else for problems that they themselves are responsible for yep. and create. And they also always avoid mentioning the sin problem, the underlying root problem, a uh, uh, root of all of our societal ills, and that is human nature and sin. So let's listen. And incentivizing to, bad nature. Human yeah, nature. yeah. Then they do everything they can to enable yeah. it. Uh, let's listen to clip one. This is a Chicago mayor blaming remote learning on all the carjackings and and thefts. We are seeing an inordinate number of juveniles that are the perpetrators of these carjackings. I think in Chicago we've consistently seen fifty percent or higher of the people that we are arresting um, are juveniles. And I'll be frank and say. Um, in Chicago, um, there was a uh, correlation that we believe between remote learning and um, and the rise in carjacking. All right, Wesley. So so it's not that we have uh, broken families and dads are not at home properly instructing and disciplining their children. Mm-hmm. It's not that we have prosecutors who are not uh, faithfully carrying out law, uh, uh, enforcing the laws via uh, prosecutions, it's not those things, Wesley. It's that they were doing remote learning on their mm. computer. That's why they were doing the carjackings. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, so here's the problem there. We have uh, an all-time, across the nation since 2020, it, it has been an all-time high, not just in her uh, city, but all across the all across the nation, even in smaller cities, but mostly larger cities, we're seeing a huge increase in crime. 
And, you know, Walker, that is no surprise, in my opinion. Yes, yes, the breakdown of the family is the number one, the ultimate uh, issue, no mm-hmm. doubt, no doubt. But right below that, just recently, we have a huge increase in a hatred for cops, mm-hmm. for law enforcement, for uh, for what they do to serve and protect, that you're finding uh, no-go zones in some of these bigger cities mm. where there's less patrolling and they're just reacting to after the fact. Up front, you're releasing criminals for COVID uh, cases or, or, you know, for, for COVID reasons. Uh, number uh, And the list goes on. You know, another thing, too, that's a huge problem that uh, she fails to mention, and that's the fact that we, uh, in law enforcement, uh, there are certain... People, as you mentioned, the New York district. Uh, here's one that I that I found. Yeah. New York City District Attorney Alvin Bragg, back in November, right before Christmas, he actually went on the record to say that he has plans uh, to lighten punishment for violent crimes. Now, let me just read specifically what he means by that. And this is happening across Los Angeles, San Francisco. A lot of these big progressive prosecutors are saying, "Look." These are the things that we're no longer going to prosecute. Bragg says office will also largely no longer prosecute some trespassing offenses, the charge of resisting arrest, subway and bus fare, and sex work. Also, reducing charges for stealing from stores or from storage homes or drug dealing. These are the ones oh these are the ones I just mentioned. He said either A, we're not going to prosecute at all. Or B, we're going to prosecute, but it's going to be significantly lower than it was before. You know, what's underlying there, he goes on after this, at, on this same speech when he's talking, he talks about the importance of ending sex trafficking, but he doesn't he doesn't connect the dots between when he says that he's not going to prosecute sex work. Right. That sex work, in almost all cases, at least what I've seen and studied, and what I hear about through testimonies through our great friends at Eight Days of Hope, is mm-hmm. that those were uh, sex workers were being manipulated into into um human trafficking. Human trafficking. Yeah, it's one all, in, that's one in the it's same. It's all intertwined. It's that's all exactly intertwined. Right. So if you're gonna release the criminals and not charge them, I'll tell you what, she better she needs to think she needs to study this more because blaming school teachers is not the, not a good idea. No, and you, you you have to be a government was instituted and Wesley and I've talked about this before. Government was instituted by God to punish evil and to promote good. And when you have government punishing good and promoting evil, what are you going to get? More evil. And that's what's happening across the country for people who are soft on crime. AFA at the core. Be back in a few minutes. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. When you hear this... 
This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. The following are real life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call and immediately I felt relief. They contacted all of our creditors and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. For American Family Radio, this is Gateways to Better Education. I'm Eric Buehler. As schools prepare for Martin Luther King Day, students should learn how Dr. King's Christian faith impacted his leadership in the civil rights movement. For example, he had civil rights participants sign a statement committing to, among other things, one, meditate daily on the teachings and life of Jesus, two, walk and talk in the manner of love for God is love. And three, pray daily to be used by God in order that all men might be free. Public school teachers are not proselytizing for merely teaching students about Dr. King's passionate insistence that his fellow protesters base their actions on Christian principles. If you know public school teachers, encourage them to go to our website to learn how to teach about how King's faith guided his actions. Visit gogateways.org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. You know, on past shows, I've talked about the COVID mania and uh, the uh, forcing of shots across the board for various private corporations, private companies, and then you have the government coming down heavy with uh, with their mandates for, for different sectors. You have the healthcare worker mandate. You had the private employer mandate, which went down in flames, thanks to American Family Association litigating that all the way to the Supreme Court. Um, but the, the, when, when, I, when I talked about the this whole topic, I kept saying that I don't believe that all of the data is being publicly released. I said multiple times that I believe that we don't have all the information we are supposed to have to draw proper and accurate conclusions as it relates to the COVID-19 shots because we were getting conflicting reports. You are having data out of Israel 
come out saying, uh, number one, the shots are not as effective as they're supposed to be. And then you you have the the VAERS database reflecting that people are having, that hundreds of thousands of people are having adverse reactions to these shots and tens of thousands are, are, are reportedly dying from these shots according to the VAERS database. So you had a couple of these things going on that were indicating that there was a problem here. But then on the opposite side, you had the CDC and all these different state departments of health coming out saying, look, there's nothing to see here, absolutely no problem. These shots are 100% safe and effective, even though they don't say that with any other medication. Uh, but they were saying it with, with beyond the shadow of a doubt um, with these shots. And it was very unusual, very unusual because just like lawyers, doctors and scientists hardly ever speak with with full confidence, with full assurance there's always caveats. There's always, everything's always tailored in, in, in a manner that they can wiggle their way out of something should something go sideways. Uh, but, but these shots were, were, were pitched, were sold to the public as if they had been on the market for 50 years and all scientists and medical professionals were uh, were, were, were absolutely firm in their belief that these shots work and that there are no side effects to the shots. Uh, so there was an unusual confidence in the shots from the get-go, considering how little they had been studied. And I thought that was very bizarre because that's not typically how these situations are handled. Well, it turns out my instincts are proving pretty spot on as it relates to the lack of data that was uh, being reported by the CDC. So here's a story out of the Daily Caller. The Center Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said that certain coronavirus vaccine data has not been published yet because it could potentially lead to misinformation. The CDC published new data on the effectiveness of boosters in adults earlier in February but left out data for 18 to 49-year-olds, according to a story published by the New York Times. The CDC believes that the data is not yet ready to be released because of the a potential misinterpretation the New York Times reported. Here's uh, the New York Times statement. The CDC has published only a tiny fraction of the COVID data it has collected including critical data on boosters and hospitalizations, citing incomplete reports are fears of misinterpretation. Critics say the practice causes confusion. Well, it does cause confusion. It does cause confusion. I have this other uh, report out of Scotland. Public Health Scotland will stop publishing data on COVID deaths and hospitalizations by vaccination status over concerns that is misrepresented by anti-vax campaigners. So what do you do to prevent what they call misinformation? Well, you just don't release any information at all. Boy, does that sound like a good strategy. 
You know, if we want to make people stop being cynical, if we want to make people stop being skeptical, then we'll just stop releasing any information at all. That does not sound like a winning strategy. That is actually going to lead to more cynicism and more distrust. Because the question I have is, what are you hiding? What are you hiding? Why are you not releasing the information? Why are you not releasing the information? And don't blame it on the anti-vaxxers, which that term, by the way, has been utterly abused. There, the, the, the actual true anti-vaxxers, which means you are against all vaccinations, they're actually in the extreme minority. I actually don't know anybody who is utterly against any and all vaccinations. There are people who have hesitations towards certain shots. And that does not equal anti-vaxxer. All right, but they th- they whip this term around and slap it on everybody who dares to question one single shot out of a 30-shot schedule. If you if you do not like or disagree with or even have questions about one shot out of a 20 or 30-shot schedule for your entire life, then you are an anti-vaxxer. We don't do that with anything else. We don't apply that kind of rigorous black and white standard to anything else. So we shouldn't do it here. So the whole term anti-vaxxer is being abused and we need to stop using it. We absolutely need to stop using it. And that starts with the media. They need to stop using that term. Well, talking about not having all the information we need before forcing people to inject themselves with these COVID shots. Listen to this. Folks, this is criminal. Listen to this. The U.S. is considering or considers lengthening the gap between the first two COVID shots to eight weeks. Oh, well, Walker, what's the story there? What's the big problem? The problem is our own federal health officials are now admitting that the shots were given too close together. Well, it's a little too late to be admitting that because 212 million Americans have already gotten both shots. Two weeks apart. Listen to listen to this story. Uh, U.S. health officials on Friday, by the way, this is from, let's see here. Yeah, this is from Yahoo. Thank you, thank you Bobby. Uh, this is from Yahoo, but it's a reprint of a Reuters report out of New York. So the U.S. Health health officials on Friday said that they are considering lengthening the recommended interval between the first two doses of the most widely used COVID-19 vaccines to eight weeks to lower their risk of heart inflammation and improve their effectiveness. Dr. Sarah Oliver, an official at the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, said the agency was considering making the recommendation for Moderna and Pfizer shots during a meeting with the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, a panel of outside advisors to the CDC. So right now in the U.S., the recommended interval between the first two Pfizer vaccine, Pfizer, first two shots of Pfizer vaccine, is three weeks, and for Moderna, four weeks. And this is why I said to make definitive, affirmative, beyond-the-shadow-of-a-doubt statements about the COVID-19 shot is extremely irresponsible 
because the consensus amongst the scientific and medical community is that a properly rolled out vaccine is studied for 10 to 15 years with 10 years being a minimum time frame for clinical trials and for proper rigorous studying. But we push this through whether you agree with the rushed timeline or not, and people can make the case that the rushed timeline was proper, it was necessary, it was needed, okay, that's fine. But you then can't go and rush through something and then mandate it on the entire American population. Those two things cannot go together. A rushed shot and then a, a mandate following on the entire U.S. adult population are the vast majority of U.S. adults. Those two things cannot go together. Why can they not go together? Because that is not moral. That is not ethical. Why? Because we don't know the long-term side effects of these shots, which is why Dr. Robert Malone and various others have said mandates when you're still in clinical trial phase is a big no-no because you are forcing something upon someone's body that no one knows the long-term side effects for. But yet you've got State Department health directors going out on television. You've got all these people going out on television pitching this product as the end-all, be-all, and anyone who questions it is an anti-vaxxer. That is so unhealthy and so wrong. And here we are, and this story proves exactly what I've been saying, and that is we still don't know the long-term effects of these shots. And our own federal government is admitting now, over 12 months into this process of vaccinating the country, that they got it wrong on the, on the time period between your first and second shot. If I were someone who got the first round of the shots, I would be utterly frustrated and infuriated at this. Because we're not talking about whether you should leave the cast on your arm for three weeks and four weeks. We're not talking about whether you should wear uh, the seatbelt this tight or that tight. We're not talking about whether you should take uh, your vitamins once or twice a day stuff that has minor impact on your life. We are talking about a shot that has caused tens of thousands, according to VARES, hundreds of thousands of Americans to have serious issues, serious side effects, all because our U.S. health officials rushed this thing through and then began mandating it on the American populace. And this is people's health, their well-being, their life that we're talking about. And the government got it wrong. And they're admitting that they got it wrong. So this is, this is causing a massive gap, a massive space of distrust amongst the, uh, the health professionals in this country. And there should have been more everyday, average medical professionals and scientists speaking out against this insanity. There were some 
there were a fair amount, and we, we tried to give them voice whenever we could, but there were not near enough. There were not near enough scientists and doctors that were speaking out against this insanity and against this recklessness. And so an apology, maybe, but the damage has been done. The damage has been done. People, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, have been diagnosed with heart issues because our government rushed something through and then mandated it on everybody, only to come back a year later and say that the, that the, that the doses were given too close together. The doses were given too close together. I mean, this is, I don't even know how to explain this. And, and, and the companies, the big pharmaceutical companies that are making billions upon billions on these shots, well, they're immune from litigation. They're immune from litigation, which, which, which is absolutely insane. I mean, I just saw a court case where, where families were allowed to sue a gun manufacturing company over a shooting, but we can't sue big pharmaceutical companies for adverse reactions and deaths caused by their very own products. I saw somebody put out a statement the other day and say they've never seen they've never seen a product that can be mandated on hundreds of millions of people but yet be given immunity from problems that arise from that product. Can you imagine the federal government subsidizing and recommending and mandating a car seat <laughs> for families across the country? You have to use this car seat from this private corporation. And then when we find out that the car seats are faulty and they just don't work, well, you can't sue us. No recourse. I'm sorry. You're just going to have to figure it out. We would never allow that to stand, and it should not stand with these pharmaceutical companies. They should be open. They should be exposed to liability and litigation, just like the rest of the country is. I can be sued. You can be sued. Big Pharma should be able to be sued. We'll be back tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.